Welcome, everybody, and thank you for listening to the Very Hicken Bros today. I am Alex Hicken, and I will be hosting my older brother, Thomas, today. Um, Hello. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So this podcast is becoming more dynamic with this uh, theme song. Um, many uh, podcasts have theme songs, and I thought that it'd be fun that we create ones for ourselves. Um, what is your thoughts of uh, your theme song? Well, first off, I thought it was kind of funny that you brought that up, and then how you guys have been I don't know how long you've been thinking about it or working on it. But when you mentioned it, I thought, oh, maybe I could uh, use this um, little melody that I, or it's more of a chord, uh, it's kind of a chord progression, uh, but it kind of has a melody with it. Um, So yeah, I, that's how I yeah, I I just used that, and I. So, what, how long what have you had you this? Me- how long have you had by? that uh, theme in mind? Oh, a number of of years. I I haven't been using it so actively, but I had this little notebook. Um, I have this little notebook that I used to carry around all over the place with me. That was. It's like a uh, moleskin notebook, but one of the small ones with staff paper in it. Um, And I would carry that around with me. And if I ever had any inspiration, I would uh, write something in there. But I I depend on a piano mostly to write. So it it was usually in my days during my undergrad. Um, I was, because I was pretty near to practice rooms. Mm Because I was, most of my time was in the music building, so. <laughs> so where did you get the inspiration for the theme song? Well, when I would, while I was studying at the U, at the University of Utah, um, I became really interested in um, contemporary composers, and there's this composer called Avril Part. He's an Estonian composer. Mm-hmm. He's still alive. Um, and he came up with this this technique that kind of makes the music sound like bells a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, and so I just kind of was experimenting with it and I kind of uh, liked the sound of it. And And so that's how I kind of came up with it nice well since we have two monthly uh, regular guests who are thomas hicken and uh, nick chow we'll have four theme songs um thomas's theme song will be played when he's on the show nick will be played on his when he's on and trevor and i will have our themes um so will you guys have yours um like for example because you two are staples in it will you one of you guys will be at the beginning and one of you will be at the end or how do you think that'll work um i'll just interchange it i think we're going to interview um trevor's friend on maybe the first week of february so if he had a theme we would play it on his kind of theme or something like that on when he kind of hosts um yeah so it's going to be a challenge to make a theme song i kind of have a secret uh hobby of beatboxing and so i might do all that and uh I whistle a lot, so I don't know if I'll do anything like that. 
with that, but <laughs> sometimes I'm surprised with the original melodies that I could whistle and think up. And Thomas uh, kicked off uh, by setting the standard by sharing his theme song today. Um, since we're hosting Nick next week, um, we'll have about a month to create our theme songs. Um, we'll kind of debut them kind of when uh, we host Nick ne next time at the end of February. And that is going to be uh, like the due date. So. Okay. So he. Go ahead. No, you can go. I was going to go on to. Uh, with the next subject. I was just going to ask it. If. Uh, is he planning to have one by then? Or is it. Well, a couple months ago, I asked Nick if he'd be willing to. And then after recording <laughs> the last one he's all like oh i forgot to make it so he's um working on it kind of <laughs> yes yeah. i see so today i'll be introducing my older brother and trevor is the since trevor is a night owl and thomas and i are early birds Trevor is not going to be on the podcast today <laughs> because he wants to sleep in. So we're going to follow our standard uh, introduction. So t I would uh, um, describe Thomas's personality as being uh, independent, um, artistic, and hardworking. Um. Currently, he's uh, <laughs> sure. So I I I think that that's that's kind of accurate. I, like, what what do you mean? I would like to you to expound on what you mean by independent. That's interesting. Uh, I was gonna say that because uh, what you've done previously is that uh, growing up. Uh, you're very independent. Uh, typically, you're out of the house, hanging out with friends and doing things outside. And you had a rock band, and you're out doing things like uh, playing in concerts and practicing with orchestras, or and uh, oh yeah, you you worked. You had a job yeah. early on, and you moved out early. So you're pretty. You set a good example of being uh, self-reliant, I think. Yeah, first I I got my first job when I was like, I think I was like twelve years old. Yeah, where is that? I started, uh, yeah, working at arts, um, home decor. Uh, place and being like a janitor cleaning up in there three times a yeah, week. Yeah, I remember that doing that too. But the job that I think about is that your first uh, job that I recall is that when you trained to be a lifeguard and you did that for a little bit. Um, how long did you were you a lifeguard? Um, I would say. I think it was really? two years. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I didn't two. realize that. Yeah, because I remember I I had uh, two seasons of. Um, I was there two seasons of lessons, swim lessons uh -huh. they would do in the summer. So it might have been, it might have been a, a maybe one maybe a little bit more than a year. I just remember that there was two. Um, it could have been a year and a half or something. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so previously Thomas was a very successful teacher, music teacher, and he double majored, as he mentioned, at, uh, he double majored <laughs> 
at uh, University of Utah at uh, yeah with the music and education and yeah you wanna what yeah so um, technically it wasn't a double major it was um, I got a major in music education with a emphasis in instrumental um, teaching and then I got a minor in Spanish teaching so it's not technically a uh, double major but yeah I have um, I had both of those um, teaching possibilities yeah yeah so currently Thomas is a a dental technician and uh, he kind of uh, forsake kind of <laughs> his uh, career at, uh, in teaching because of the policies and the politics of the education system kind of uh, um, made it uh, inconvenient and not fun and not enjoyable for him or, um, did you want to expound on that? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if, if we could call it politics or policies or things like that, but I just found that um, I was interested in uh, teaching people that were uh, teaching kids so that they would uh, learn things that, um, that they'd really learn and the way that you really learn you have to do it you have to be interested that's something that I learned um, you know and if you if you reflect on your own mind anytime that you've learned something it's usually self-taught because those things are interested to you mm -hmm. so I was hoping that's why I kind of went into music originally too because if you're in a music class, it's because you're interested in music, right? Um, and I just kept finding uh, that that the students uh, they would only they would just study to pass the tests, and then they would just forget things, and they weren't really interested. All they were interested in was in the grades, hmm. and. I realized that the, it was the system's fault. We we kind of beat out the interest of of the students um, learning the curiosity to learn, and um, I think we with the traditional system of education, we kind of beat it out of them, mm -hmm. and and so I think that I would be more interested in like a Montessori method, but it's there aren't a lot of schools in Montessori and I have to go back and get specialized in that and then on top of that I moved to California from Utah and I have to get uh, licensed again and then so I guess you can say that's a policy type stuff but it was and I was at a Catholic school and because they required uh, getting they needed accreditation, so they they said they had to teach a certain a certain topics, certain things. So I couldn't. I wanted to do like a more uh, student-centered curriculum, uh, a layered curriculum, so that students could choose, for example, what vocabulary they would like to learn under certain topics and things like that. And um, the administration wouldn't go for that. So I kind of. Realized if I was going to be forced to, to teach in a certain methodology that I didn't agree with, um, that I didn't want to continue in the industry, mm -hmm. if you will. So, um, how would you, yeah, <laughs> switching to uh, success rather than what ended it? What, how would you describe your success as a um, music teacher? 
I don't know. I don't really have any way of describing it. I think I, it was, I had a lot of good moments and a lot of very standard moments. There isn't much to say about it. Um, yeah. I thought I heard that you uh, did some competitions and you did very well with uh, some of the orchestras or bands that you led. Is that right? Uh, no, I, I don't think we were, I was ever able to, um, oh, there was, um, when I was at, uh, St. Francis High School, there was, um, a couple of girls that entered in, but this was, this was, it was for soloists and um, small ensemble, so I had a, a class that was just focused on um, on that. So I was coaching them for this mm-hmm. competition, but I could not attribute myself to really any of that because I was just kind of, like I said, coaching them, and they were very motivated students in the first place. They were taking private lessons with their teachers and. Um, so all I did was sign uh, them up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'll move on to your current interests now. Uh, Tre- uh, Thomas has been exploring uh, art, and he's been practicing calligraphy, and he's interested in many types of literature, and uh, much of his life has been devoted to uh, music. Yeah, I I have a lot of uh, I have a large variety of interests. So um, I guess you could say that I'm interested in philosophy. I love of knowledge, you know. So I have been interested in science, and which I wasn't interested in until maybe college level. Started being more interested in in science, mm-hmm. and I do like reading about pretty much anything um, and yeah that's that's me I do like writing also um, so I read write play music once in a while I, I would say that nowadays I play the piano about mm-hmm. once a week so it's not a huge part of my life anymore, yeah. but it's still there, which is, it's enough to, to keep me happy. It's more often than our dad plays the accordion. <laughs> he plays once a year. <laughs> oh, he, he's been, he's been telling me that he's been playing more, uh, because he's had, you know, because he's a empty nester now. He has a little bit more twa- more time to hmm. play once in a while. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Yeah. Um, so I've been <laughs> talking about science and stuff. I, I've i been listening to a new podcast. Uh, this guy, his name is uh, Lex Friedman. He has a podcast called uh, Artificial Intelligence. And he somehow has gotten interviews with these very prominent people and uh, yeah it's kind of interesting to listen to that <coughs> and what have you been uh, listening to lately uh, I have a, a variety of things I listen to mostly I actually listen to a lot of kind of uh, theological kind of religious stuff uh, the one that Is I've it kind a of book or a podcast uh, uh, no it's a it's a podcast um, it's it's the current one that I listen to the, the most is called exploring 
Morbid Thought uh, by Blake Osler. He's he's a um, kind of a so he's he's LDS, um, but he he has a background in um, philosophy actually. So he brings in a lot of um, he's able to discuss things in a very more in depth. Um, he will in traditional philosophy along with um, kind of perspectives of Christianity um, in a more broad sense and how it fits how Mormon um, doctrine fits in with it and he he's his thing is all about defining exactly how um, how we are making it very technical and saying, okay, well, we believe this aspect of God, and this is why we can believe that, um, losing, using kind of logical things. Um, and so, and it goes through his, his, his son, a couple of his um, sons, they kind of have discussions with him. He has a number of books um, with the same title of the podcast. And he has four volumes that go through this theological um, debate uh, between different scholars and and he refines what what we can believe from a philosophical standpoint as a Mormon so it's no, interesting what's it called it's um, exploring Mormon what is it Exploring Mormon Thought. Mm-hmm. Exploring Mormon Thought. Mm. Yeah, so what uh, interests you in uh, science? <laughs> uh, mostly uh, cosmology. cosmology. So, well, and I like, I like astronomy too, but mostly I, there was a time where I was really trying to understand uh, what scientists believe, how... Um, the universe came about and stuff. Uh-huh. The, the podcast that so, I listened to oh, yeah. with uh, Lex Friedman, he's a very... Uh, um, he's kind of, he has kind of the focus on artificial intelligence, but I listened to one about uh, physics, and it's really interesting. It kind of talks about... Uh, traveling in space and if it's possible and kind of the foundations and stuff I could send it to you if you want yeah um, sure uh, there's also uh, do you know um, Neil Tyson uh, yeah I heard of him he's kind of the, he's developed a kind of a bigger presence online lately yeah he has a podcast too Neil Tyson so probably in this in the same vein of what we're talking about has to do with you know, astrophysics and um, you know that kind of stuff so I have a question that's kind of not on the note um, mm-hmm. Clayton Christensen died this uh, week you have any thoughts about him? Um, no, I didn't realize that. Uh, I guess that makes me sad. I I haven't followed too much his his work. Um, I'm grateful for his contributions. Um, I I don't. I wouldn't have much yeah. commentary on it. His uh, literature was in my education. I learned about. Uh, I read one of his. I think his biggest book. I think the most successful one. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> uh, I think it's called Disruptive. I don't know. I, don't, I forgot what it's called. But it's kind of revolutionized uh, business. 
for the past uh, decade or at least a decade <laughs> yeah yeah um I, I, is he the one that wrote the book um i think i i haven't i want to i haven't read it yet actually but it's about um uh, like every member of missionary oh, yeah. type of thing so like how every different ways that everyone every member could be a missionary yeah i remember in uh i think in rexburg they're like giving out those as if they're like regular literature that they give out <laughs> yeah someone gave it to me um so i should read it mm-hmm. sometime okay when we uh first uh, introduced the idea of thomas uh joining us he made a big long list of things that he's interested in talking about and one of them is uh, uh practices of uh, creative people no what did you what are your thoughts on practices um well i've i've discussed with i've kind of studied how to be creative and things like that just thought about it and um, wanted to learn more about it because there was a time when I was really interested in composition maybe wanting to to be a Mm -hmm. composer and usually what I find one aspect is that whatever your creative outlet is you should have a practice of doing it regularly like on a daily basis um, schedule it in to uh, to be creative and that's where eventually the the inspiration will come Hmm. Um, yeah do you have any any thoughts on that or yeah I used to try to write in my journal every day but it seems like doing that having a bunch of things to do every day is kind of overwhelming so I've kind of changed to write weekly I did it well for a couple weeks and then it's kind of died out I don't really I'm trying to figure out how to write in my journal more regularly or more consistently (laughs) yeah I've always admired the way that you you've kept up on those things in most part Um, I had a goal this year to to also um, write just something that I was grateful for each day in my in my journal, and I've, I've kind of I've kept up on it, but I haven't been doing it daily. So I might go backwards and be like, I'm grateful for this, 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 and this. So it might be I have the same number of things that I'm grateful for as days, but <laughs> it's not a daily thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it happens regularly at least. Yeah, and I think that when it comes to another thing that I think is important, whatever your your creative outlet is, is to be um, kind of engaged with it on a regular basis. For example, if you are a fictional writer, to be uh, reading a lot of fiction um, and quality, trying to find quality writing so that it kind of becomes a part of you. And then I also think that it's good to be a part of a community of like-minded people, people that are, for example, if you are a composer, you would want to be a kind of be a part of a community where they are interested in uh, new music, new, um, if you're Computer, composer of your classical music so in modern classical music um, have a lot of um, other composers that you can talk to about this um, subject and get feedback to them and they give feedback to you so you're always um, building off of, of that I think that that's a, a good thing so whatever your, your ta- whatever your medium is to to 
be interacting with with people in that domain. So how have you found as the best way to uh, network with people and find uh, kind of like-minded uh, <laughs> creators? Um, well, obviously the internet is a, a great source right now, but I would just say be going to um, events of that, for example. Hmm. Um, I There's, let's say, if... I, I'm going to keep bringing up um, things of, of music, because that's kind of where I come from, from my thoughts I would I would go and try to go to your nearest college or university whatever performances they usually have um, student composers that they will feature their music once a year um, I would go to those I would um, um, maybe talk to the professors I would try to um, and usually I think that composers do tend to try to make friends with other composers um, and that, that's one way um, yeah that's what I, that's the way I would go about it if I wanted to uh, create a bigger network I would try to find people that were local to me and I would try to support them by going to their things um, and letting them know who I was and what I do. There's an insight from a musician. <laughs> um, yeah, what I was going to say about uh, my practice of being creative, I haven't really been able to engage that much in art, but uh, in I've think I'm engaged more in the art of professionalism now <laughs> because I have to present um, a lot of documentation to uh, different people. So art of professionalism, you mean like how to, um, I don't know, format things, um, how to make things very clear or how to, is that what yeah. you mean? Uh, Presenting, giving presentations, stuff like that. Yeah, um, I'll give an example. Like um, my practice in work, I have I use a lot of raw data, and I have I like to be kind of flexible, and I have a program that I use that uh, is very flexible. So it's kind of uh, the program's called Bluebeam. So if I were to inspect. Uh, an elevation of the building I would uh, take this a tablet and I would uh, take a bunch of uh, random it's not random notes but I write down all my observations because it can't really be that formal because I when I do an inspection I don't know what's going to happen on the inspection <laughs> so I, I write down all my observations and I have these ob observations have like an arrow <laughs> that points to the exact location of where that's at so it it could kind of oh, be yeah. a little messy but since it's digital i could like move all the text around and um so you'll take pictures of these of different things that you want to uh, show to people or to your supervisor or yeah, I do take some to? pictures sometimes, but I I learned that they don't care too much about every little thing. I just mainly do the big things that I think that they need to uh, um, fix. Um, I have to when I'm creative. I need I need, am thinking about the end user and the people that I have. Uh, what do you call it? kind of stakes in the gotta think of the architect's input and the general contractor and the project manager and superintendent yeah I think that's a, uh, an important thing I think it actually helps the creative process because I remember when I, I took a couple of lessons of composition 
um, and the the person said, oh, you should think of um, who you want to write this for. Who do you want to play it? So I, the, the time I was in the clarinet studio, so I knew a lot of clarinetists, and there was this um, clarinet quartet that was, um, they were the, they were the big shots of the clarinet studio and they had a quartet and I'm like okay I can maybe write for them so I, I, I started something I never finished it but um, I, it does help to imagine uh, what materials you have what people um, you know how it's gonna yeah I can see that uh-huh. so when I'm done with my inspection I come back to my desk and I have this big mess of data <laughs> and I have to uh, um, decide if I'm going to use all of the data or what um, and I look for general themes and stuff so I could prepare it into a presentation to I mainly send it to the superintendent because he's the guy that t decides what's going to be done with it though so I usually or not usually but for this presentation that I did last week and past couple weeks, I kind of had colored dots and point out like, oh, there's this, this general type of thing you have to do at these areas on the elevation. And uh, yeah, so that's the how I've been artistic and creative. Um, I, yeah, so what, oh, go ahead. Yeah, my, the topic of this, oh, one main topic of this uh, podcast is what is art? And I was going to say that my interpretation or my <laughs> my definition of art is that art is an interpretation of something. And it is one is expressed uh, verbally or physically. So mm. if you. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's interesting. Uh, so it's a very subjective experience, mm -hmm. uh, your definition. I heard this um, definition that was from uh, Brian Eno. I don't know if you ever heard of mm, him. Not really. He, he's an um, English composer that um, he kind of pioneered ambient music back in the 60s or 70s wow. or something so he right when more electronic were coming into uh, hmm. music and he I heard this interview or I read an interview of him one time where he said that art is everything that you don't have to do mm -hmm. so that so that means, for example, there are things that we need to do. We need to eat. We need to have shelter. We need to sleep, things like that. But we don't need to make gourmet food to survive. So culinary arts is something. And then, for example, we need shelter, but we don't need to um, decorate our houses. We don't need to be architects. I mean. You don't need to, um, you know, really worry about the design of what it looks like or things like that. And it, it has, I don't know, I remember after I thought about that, I started seeing art all over the place and everything we do from, from how people walk to how they dress and why they dress that way um, <laughs> and things like that. But... If it, when you start thinking about it, it brings into um, that aspect. It brings in some very questionable things. You're like, uh, is would that be considered art? For example, um, I don't know, biting your fingernails. Uh -huh. <laughs> you don't you don't need to to do that uh, to survive. But um, I I wouldn't I I would not say that that's art. I think it's more of like a 
some people do it as a a nervous habit. So well, I guess that that is not necessary. I think people, yeah, people may have uh, weird habits that may have come because of uh, some experiences they may have had or some way of coping. Um, it's a lot of people develop anxieties because of uh, some belief that they may have that is uh, not completely accurate. So I like go back to my definition. This uh, it's expressed <laughs> physically because the interpretation of that belief. Um, so how people interact with people is kind of an art of uh, being uh, having people skills or a lack of people skills if you're biting your fingernails <laughs> but uh, yeah that's kind of interesting to think about no yeah that um that's true that that's also an art that the art of um, the way that you communicate everybody has um, so perhaps we can say if, if you are conscious of the way that you present yourself um, that is an art too yeah um, yeah at work I have to send uh, scan documents to people and <laughs> I do that a lot <laughs> and uh, some people don't care at all about how they send that document so they might just scan it and send it straight to the person and doesn't say anything it's just a big mess <laughs> kind of it says like oh the scan was sent at scan at this time and the document uh, you get this email from this random thing but I like to prepare the scan and say oh this is the document it's for this person it has documentation about this person and and so you could use it for your use and uh, yeah I think it uh, develops a better relationship with kind of like the end user like I, <laughs> what I was talking about previously yeah so that's kind of going back to my art of professionalism <laughs> kind of <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I think your definition of art is also um, functional. Because I had um, I had come up with my personal definition of um, of music, which was kind of this is a while back, um, which was um, sounds. Um, organized, um, organized or not organized sounds perceived aesthetically. Hmm. So you don't really, it doesn't even really have to be, um, because there's this, there's this piece of music kind of changed my life. Um, it was John Cage. Um, he, I guess you can call it composed a song called uh, four minutes and 33 seconds that's the name <laughs> and basically yeah and all, basically all it is and he even broke it up into three movements but all the the musician w was supposed to do was sit there hmm. and uh, obviously it creates a huge debate of of um, like this is not music all of it there's no sounds but then you start realizing that all of the sounds um, that's around the the this the performer and the audience becomes the music um, and you would hear you can, you might hear somebody you know it's typical you have 
at a concert you have people coughing in between <laughs> movements and things like that uh so then people's coughing or if people um are opening their program or rustling around that becomes music and i remember after i was exposed to that in my um 20th century um techniques music techniques class at university of, of utah i was like i don't know in some type of a trance for a number of days i would i would be going around and i, I would sit on the bus and like the the squeaking of the wheels everything was like music mm. to me <laughs> so that's when i kind of came up with that definition so anything that you perceive aesthetically um can be art hmm. um to to the individual so it kind of goes along with what you're saying um how was it that you said it you oh, said that it was um, um interpretation of something expressed uh, verbally or physically yes right Yeah, so yours is a little bit more of the outward, of the of the from the creator's um, perspective, but um, if you were to make it about the person who is receiving the, the art, it would be that you perceive something, um, mm. in that way. So if you if you see, um, you could see steps, in front of you. You can see them as, a work of art. Um, or you could not. Yeah. So art so. could be kind of like a, a kind of a positive, not really positive, but an outlook that people have uh, seeing beauty and recognizing it. Yeah. So if, if I would call myself an artist, not because I paint or anything but I think I try to live my life as um, someone who creates things or tries to um, John Cage also had that idea of being he, he didn't call himself necessarily a composer call himself an artist um, so he what he would put out was um, creative things um and humans are naturally interested in in creating things so we are artists as long as we are trying to um as long as we're willing to allow ourselves to be artists if we're conscious of of what we um how we present ourselves and how we uh, what we present Ourself, um, yeah. We are artists. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, I think we've kind of covered the topics. Yeah. For today, I I realized that my new uh, Bluetooth headset. Um, I we I talked about trying to limit your noise by clap uh, clicking on the keyboard and stuff, but then I realized that my Bluetooth headset is, um is a supposedly bone conduction. I thought it just kind of vibrate the bone, but it actually sends sound. <laughs> so I think it the recording that I have is going to have a lot of that extra buzzing. I don't know how it's going to sound, but it's going to sound. I might have uh, extra noises from what you said. <laughs> we'll see how it works out. Oh, I guess we'll see what you have, what you have to do if you have to edit it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible to edit out kind of like the lower noise, um, the less loud noise. Have you uh, done any editing with the? music programs or any um, audio programs um yeah the thing that I mostly use is I've used GarageBand um to create things so, um 
but I haven't really been doing that much lately. Do you know if there a way to kind of reduce the extra noises? Um, no, not that I I don't know that much. Um, other other than there are programs. Well, I think you could do it with GarageBand, but there's another there's other programs that you can you can basically you have to go and edit the waves like you you can adjust you can look at the wave shapes that it has and you can after you can kind of slow it down and see what exactly like you'll see the interference in the waves and you can you can kind of basically smooth it out but i don't um hmm. I, I don't yeah, know. Le- it would take a really le- long time le- to do that. Well, at first, when I did the podcast, I did a lot of editing. But since it took way too long, I've kind of quit doing that. So <laughs> hopefully this recording comes out well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, thanks for your time. And uh, it's good to get to know you a little more. I think since you're so independent, um, I may not know you as well as um, Trevor. <laughs> you're always out and about and doing things, and you left the house early. And I was probably like 15 years old when yeah. you left. <laughs> yeah, and you guys have a... Um you guys are always talking to each other, so it's obviously you guys will have a, you know each mm-hmm. other better. Yeah. Well, uh, have a good uh, okay. Sabbath day. <laughs> okay, have a good Bye. day. Bye.